This podcast was recorded on Gadigal land. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. We'll stop talking about cream and we'll start talking about broadcaster, TV guy, artist, podcaster, Jesus, high achiever, clearly, and author of the books Loose Units and Electric Blue, Paul Verhoeven. Hi. It's not Hi. so much overachieving as it's it's basically just career ADHD is what it is. I just sort of see shiny things and I run at them. Um, I, I'm also very easily distracted and I have oh, trouble same. kind of fixating on one thing at a time and uh i'm inherently guilty about things like that so i think i would make a terrible cult leader i just i think i would just i just i'm just not built for it which might be why this stuff fascinates me so much because they're just it's it's like if you take my personality and run in the opposite direction you end (laughs) up with a bad ponytail and a little chin strap and running a cult so oh who could you possibly be talking about but i think you'd actually by that description you'd make a good cult leader because they are free well because they're generally free of regulation they're free to just go you know what this week this is what we're doing and this is who we are and this is and everyone's wearing blue today yeah but there's generally like an there's generally like a more dogmatic ethos i think what would i think my problem is um i would become obsessed with a cult i'd join a cult very briefly and then i would snap out of it pretty quickly and then it would just be me being yelled at in a hotel room by harvey Keitel. like the deprogramming would be the next thing maybe i could deprogram people i could bamboozle them out of their i mean do you which production company are we pitching this to (laughs) But I mean, as far as this podcast goes, have you ever considered genuinely doing like a season where you start by just joining a cult and then the next 12 episodes or whatever is a variety of people and family members trying to deprogram you and that's the show? (laughs) Or is that way too risky? Well, the first part, absolutely. I would love to go undercover, even though I'm not really an investigator or anything of cults. I I just like, can you be a cult recapper? I wasn't actually suggesting you go undercover. I'm suggesting you join a cult, like actually buy in, and then oh. see. If, yeah, and then and then we see if we can deprogram you over the tenure of a season. Is that is that is that a bad idea? Isn't it? That's no, no. no as idea. soon as I think of a title, it's a great idea. Bringing it back home. Who are we talking yes. about today? Tell me your stupid name. Tell me your stupid name. Talking about a doctor, and I use the word doctor pretty loosely. Um, uh, I know that what's obviously happened is during COVID, a lot of people have fallen into Netflix holes, and one of the earliest, darkest, weirdest, moistest holes uh, was Tiger King. And I think in episode two of Tiger King, uh, mm. this guy called Doc Antle um, kind of reared his terrible, bloated head. Um, because he's I mean, the so, thing about- he's so bloated, but I like he's just. He's selectively bloated. Oh yeah, well most people, that's that's the problem with men's bodies is they tend to bloat in specific areas. You never get even bloat because if you get even bloat, it's kind of beautiful. There's a symmetry I to know. it. Well, well that's what that's what women are most proud of, Paul. Consistent bloating. Sure. But I mean this guy is not healthy looking. You sent me a photograph of Doc Antle and I didn't realize this, but he was like the animal handler. I mean he was kind of like a Hollywood animal handler who he dealt with uh, Britney Spears backstage during, I think, the 2001 
was it the VMAs or was the MTV something awards? I think awards? it was the MTV Music Awards, yeah. Yeah, and he was kind of handling her animals. Not the python, by the <laughs> way. But I don't think he was. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it's just been a really long time since anyone handled my own animals. I always assumed that like animal handlers are one size fits all, right? You handle animals. Not everyone's a Dr. Doolittle. There are subsets of animal handlers. And so Doc Answer was basically the big cats guy. And that's why he ended up on, on Tiger King, right? He was a big yeah. cat guy. And you know what they say, never work with animals or Britney. But- oh, no, I feel bad. No, she's she's in, re- in a really bad place right now. I think the one thing she actually needs maybe is like a large cat to kind of fight her way out of whatever compound oh, she's trapped in. We love you, Britney, and we're sending you – oh, we shouldn't send her cats anyway. There's nothing we can say that isn't going to be problematic. Did you hear that her Instagram uh, posts were being used by Russian um, – kind of dodgy <gasps> Russian crime people as a sort of nesting ground for planting secret messages because there's like millions of comments below every Instagram post. So if you people were sifting through and finding that there were these messages from ostensibly Russian hackers trying to take down the US government, this isn't like conspiracy stuff. The Russians were using Britney's posts as a sort of message board oh for their dodgiest correspondent. That's, that's like a whole other episode of, um, of, of something. Um, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the first hour of this episode of Zealot because it's going to be about five hours long if I don't edit out all the tangents, which I just, let's accept there's going to be some. Right. 100%. When Netflix was screening, I got lots and lots of people going, oh my God, you have to do an episode on Doc Antle because it's, well, it's more than implied that he's a bit culty. And I want to kind of figure out a bit later if we think it's culty, but first let's, let's go way back, Paul. I want to go back to 1960 in Salinas, California, where he was born. Would you like to know a couple of facts about Salinas, California? Oh, my God, yes. I mean, California. I know, stop a, nagging me. It's just a hellscape at the best of times. But yeah, please enlighten me. So, Doc Antle and John Steinbeck both have the same hometown. And Salinas is known as the salad bowl of the world because they apparently grow 30% of the world's lettuce. Really? In other words, it's party town. Oh my god, lettuce is just the most it's the it's it's the like foam insulation of of, yes. of, of, of food because it it's just it's always there. It's kind of working in the background, but really it's just a receptacle for the thing you actually came for, which is, you know, the dressing and the croutons. And the bacon bits. Yeah. The bacon bits, yeah, absolutely. Lettuce lettuce just serves to bring bacon bits and croutons slightly closer to your mouth. Sure. He was raised on a on an industrial cattle ranch and his mother was very interested in Eastern philosophy. Mm-hmm. But I like that a lot of his early history, like the fact that he he was quite involved with Yogaville, an ashram in Virginia. And you just don't you want to go with a checklist of what makes an authentic ashram and go to Yogaville in Virginia and just see how many boxes you tick. Yeah, but I mean, we, we Australians are very much used to going to, for example, a Chinese restaurant in Coffs Harbour and a woman called <laughs> Cheryl serves me magic noodles in a bowl of hot water and then looks at me angrily when I'm – because, I mean, we just sometimes – sometimes if the further away you get from cities, you get these amazing half-assed interpretations of things. You know, you go to the martial arts school – at some strip mall and there's just some white dude parroting Eastern philosophy. I love 
bad yoga. I mean, speaking of cult figures, I mean, you saw the documentary on um, on Bikram, I assume. Yes. I used to do, yeah, I used to do hot yoga and I used to do Bikrams. My mom was an instructor at a Bikram studio. And Shush. Yeah, it's been really interesting uh, watching uh, Bikram yoga studios across Australia, specifically in Melbourne, which considers itself a very kind of artsy workplace. Yeah. Some of them are just not doing the name change. Some of them are proudly staying Bikram because clearly they've just they really cannot stop sucking on the teat of the Kool Aid. Like it's not healthy. And I think I think the idea that Doc Antle I shouldn't call him Doc. It's 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 an insult to Docs everywhere. This guy, um, what's his real name? His real first name is. Is Shit. okay. Wait, no, wait a second. I'm going to say yep. it right. Maybe, Maha- yep. oh Jesus! I didn't even get two syllables out. Mahamayavi Bhagavan. Bless you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, um, what's his birth? Now, what is he? Wasn't born that way, was he? What's his actual well, birth it, name? I think born yeah. Mahamayavi Bhagavan. Kevin Antle. But, it's Kevin. Yes, there we go. But people, he was like, mm, I did the kids at school a favor, and I was like, just call me Kevin. And I reject that. We need to be able to start learning to say names that aren't, you know, the top ten names of the Western world. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if Doc Antle is the right person to teach us. No, just just take the last syllable. The last bit of Mahamayavi is uh, Avi, Avi, whatever. I mean, just call him Bag or Van, what, like whatever. But don't Kevin. But I think I think Kevin is because it's like Bhagavan. Buck Kevin, Kevin. You think so? I'm pushing too hard. But he's got uh, this like weird kind of new agey. So his mum, okay, so his mum is into Eastern philosophy. His dad, I believe, now was he an animal trainer or am, am I misremembering that? No, a rancher, but he used uh, to uh. be a boxer. And apparently when he was a kid, <laughs> when, um, I oh, know, when uh, Doc Antle was a kid, he wanted to be a mix between Rambo and the Dalai Lama. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The Dalai, like, <laughs> I'm just imagining the Dalai Lama just refusing to submit to the Chinese government and then just whipping out a Gatling gun and just fighting him <laughs> off. I mean, maybe history he, would have been different, you know. He kind of turned out instead to be a mixture of, I don't know, like yacht rock and a guy in a hot tub at a swingers party. Yeah, you it's, say yacht rock, but it's it's more like Tim Robbins' character from High Fidelity, you know, the ponytail guy who kind of steals his girlfriend. Um, yes! The weird cooking smells and all the rings and the ponytail and the little... that there's a, there's a specific type of facial hair that just shits me up the wall. It's when dudes can clearly grow beards, but all they do is the little the nosy patch, that little triangle below the lip. It's very... It's very like Fred Durst if Fred Durst was a boomer. It's very <laughs> specific. And then you've got a dude with a non like a like a non-receding hairline who just pulls his ponytail back. It's like a it's a full-on Catherine Zeta Jones entrapment era ponytail, real tight. You can see his skull through it. Um, and you know and it, you know that he's got a wherever he keeps his jewelry, it's a massive cupboard. I should mention as well, which I didn't before, that uh, we have a fictional T-shirt for every episode of this podcast. And I think that the first design for this episode might be if Fred Durst was a boomer. Yeah. And, you know, or like a panther smoking a bong or something. Like there's oh. got to be, there's there's cats and there's tie-dye. And the aesthetic that this got, there's nothing better than an aesthetic that's been misinterpreted and then misinterpreted again. And the whole of Doc Antle's kind of shtick 
Because when you look at the photo of him that we referred to before, where he's standing behind Britney Spears looking fairly unsavory, he looks like a roadie. Like when he was younger, he had this kind of, all right, he could pass for a roadie look. He's got the cutoff t-shirt. He's got the long hair. He's still got that weird facial hair. But there is a certain type of American man who, if you like him, it's fine. But there is something quite lecherous about this whole thing. And I think maybe that's why it's so fun to poke to poke holes in him and his ideology. Oh, I just, regardless of opinion, he's interesting. And oh, he, yeah. kind of, he kind of looks like Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> mixed with three quarters of the people on King of the Hill mixed with Steve Irwin. If you were, sometimes when you're playing um, role-playing games, video games, you go to the character selection screen and sometimes just the fun you hit the random shuffle thing, which lets you just sort of cobble together. Like if you're creating a sim or whatever, and then you're flipping through and you stop and go, that is the most busted face I've ever seen. Now, I'm a firm believer in um, you can look like an absolute dropped pie, but if you are a good person, it just you just it look great. Like it's it's yeah. that roll dial thing. Like you just glow from inside. This guy looks... Uh, I'm not going to say evil. He looks lecherous, um, which is a, an accomplishment because when you're watching a show like Tiger King, which begins with Joe Exotic yes. and it begins with these crazy looking, cra- like crazy looking people and Carol Baskin, all these like bug eyed weirdos. And then he rocks up and you're like, you don't look like the fun eccentric type of weirdo. You look slightly dangerous. But what in his upbringing do you think made him that way? I imagine a rancher ex-boxer as a dad and a mother oh. who's very into Eastern philosophy will do that. But I do like that Doc Antle is randomly selected sim. <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm enjoying. Great, great. All right. Now, he dropped out of school in grade nine to apparently to compete in rodeos. Rodeos. Rodeos? I think it's, ro- I think it's rodeo. This isn't my first rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> but you you say Rodeo Drive. Yeah, shit, I don't think it matters. I mean, it's Rodeo, Rodeo. It's, it's all so, Yeah, it depends on your income. Yeah. But yeah. so the, <laughs> even though he dropped out in grade nine, depending on what you read, if you read his website, it says that he spent a significant amount of time in Asia where he received a doctorate degree in medicine. Yeah, from the Chinese Science Foundation. Now, I've done a little digging and I couldn't mm. find any any indication that this is a real place. Um, I think his doctorate is in, like the specific doctorate is in, what is it? It's mystical science. So he's got a doc, he's a doctor of mystical science. Um, well, there's, which ma- there's all different, every article I read called it something different. And I think it was in... Tiger King, they call it mystical science, but Rolling Stone did a great story on him in 2015, and that says that in China he earned his doctor nickname studying basic medical training to serve rural populations. So I think it's sort of first aid plus. Like an Okay. Okay, so it's a TAFE course basically. Yeah. Either way, I think his website saying he had a doctorate degree Mm. I think most people with a doctorate <laughs> degree don't usually put the doc part in inverted commas. Yeah, I mean the 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 inverted commas imply that he's a doctor, like allegedly. Which now, in that respect, it's fairly candid. It's fairly honest. Um, but I mean, I have a bachelor. I have a Bachelor of Arts majoring in film studies. But when I talk to people, I say I've got a Bachelor of Film Studies, right? So I take yeah. it up a notch, and I did one semester of honors. And I briefly considered saying I've got a Bachelor of Film Studies with honours, 
but that's not true. I mean, it's like Arnold Rimmer in Red Dwarf says he, um, yeah. he, he puts yeah. all these letters next to his name, BSC, SSC, which is a bronze swimming certificate. He basically, you can, who's going to check? But when you get to his status, when you get to Doc Antle's kind of level, people are going to dig. And I think it really speaks volumes to the, like, lack of opacity in this man's life that no one seems to have figured out exactly where he was all those years i mean is it like when bruce wayne goes to nepal and ends up in a nepalese prison and he's like he's there for practice like is he fighting it's crime? exactly like that okay but like a bad person's version of that right uh, rimo i still catch myself when he has the brain implant thing to pass the test to get on the good on the hollow ship mm. the good ship um the good ship holly pop no and he's doing both tests at the same time and he so stops good. and pauses and goes and switches oh. her hands i once saw tori amos playing two pianos across from each other and i was watching her at the opera house and she flipped and switched hands and i just laughed really loudly and no one else got him like because <laughs> it was Amos a rimmer reference he's doing a full-on rimmer it's great i've been in a big red dwarf hole lately anyway okay so where were we we were uh okay. talking right. about doctor the doctorate right the doctor of chinese yes whatever. and so he's uh, mm, it says he began practicing alternative medicine in the community surrounding the Yogaville Ashram in Virginia. Oh, I just, just you know, when a, intensely erotic thoughts just pop into your head and you try to ignore them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doc Antle giving you a COVID test with what? Well, just with a with the usual probe. But I don't know. It just he, I think he'd be quite. <laughs> I think he'd be quite tender. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think everything everything I've learned from Tiger King implies that he would actually – he'd probably convince me that it was a really good idea that he did it naked and that I got some breast implants to kind of make the process more pleasurable for him. I feel like yeah. he's kind of – and this is going to probably tie in later in the episode, but he does sort of exhibit some of the – some of the traits of cult leaders uh, – because I'm I'm not a huge fan of like aggressive cosmetic surgery uh, by people who clearly are quite psychologically damaged. But this, he, the stuff he did or coerced his, what do you call the women who work for him? Like, what's the what? What does he call them? Does he have a collective noun for them? Is there a name? Not that I'm aware, but I bet he does behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And thank you for getting the mental image out of my head as well. No, no. And I suppose it's just occurred to me as well that you're. As far as people I talk to about true crime in general, mm. they're mostly women and certainly anyone that's written or podcasted about it. But it's quite it's quite a treat to talk to a kind of a true crimey bloke because your books are, are based on stories that your ex-cop and forensic person dad is yes. pr- Ex-cop and forensic person dad. That's a real thing, isn't it? it? I, I say forensics guy, which is basically because there's no um, – because he was still a cop. He was in general duties and he was uh, in general duties around the same time as Roger Rogerson was basically reaching the peak of his mania. So like, you know, mm. 81, 82, 83. Um, and then dad ended up in forensics as a forensics person, as you said, uh, in the mid-80s. So just imagine CSI with a lot more linen and a lot more kind of, you know, yeah. uh, synth music and neon. Um, but yeah, like every week I chat with dad about cases from his, and that's what the books are about. It's They're about real stuff. But I wasn't really a true crime person until I started writing Loose Units and Electric Blue. Now I'm sort of obsessed because yeah. one of the great things about true crime is 
Uh, it's best when the people trying to pull this stuff off are slightly inept or eccentric. If they're really good at it, it's just not fun. And I think oh, that's what I love. And that's it, it's all cult leaders almost like oh yeah, usually... I mean, look, yeah. You look at look at the cult of personality that was Roger Rogerson. Like this guy was, you know, yeah. very coercive, very charismatic, very scary, and he convinced people who were very susceptible to a you know and who were big into like a fairly highfalutin ideology which is like serve and protect he basically managed to pervert that idea and twist it and suddenly you've got people doing what they wouldn't have done normally and <sighs> uh, you know and there's name recognition there's name brand recognition there's there's adaptations it's all it's all the same it's all the, it's a different deck of the same ship basically oh i love it my best friend in primary school her mum was the forensics person on well one of them one of the head ones on the azaria chamberlain case Ooh. so i that might have been where I got a little bit of my interest in in crime and that sort of thing. But she did oh, sure. have the best the best name, and it was it, it wasn't spelt how it sounds, but it was Joy Cool. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like a detective or a forensic. That just sounds like a like two two kind of states of being. It sounds uh, like or... someone on a skateboard. Yeah, it's very like it's very breezy. Um, in yeah. Electric Blue, which is the new book that I've written, I at one point. I was trying to come up with a cool fake detective name for myself because I don't like Paul Verhoeven. I don't like that name. And I was oh, drinking that would a take me a week. That's well, it didn't it? Didn't take long because I'm sitting there talking to Dad, holding a can of uh, of hard seltzer, which is this like basically yeah. you know like an adult fizzy drink. And I was yeah. like, shit, hard seltzer is a great name. So later on in the book, I write in a character <laughs> based on myself if he were a detective, and he's called Hard Seltzer. And ever since then, there's occasionally um, readers will ping me online and be like, hey, Seltzer, what's up? And I'm like, oh, that's the coolest goddamn name. Yes. Um, but Doc Antle is not a it's not a cool name because Antle sounds like part of a word. Is it is it mantle? Is it antler? Like what the fuck is it? Yeah, and maybe he should have an antelope park. Boom, then the title's just there. Doc Antelope. Oh, missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay, Hard Seltzer, let's get on with it. Um, Whee! <laughs> he's still in a rush. Yeah. So he's, he's working. He got a job as a sort of lecturer, I think alternative healing lecturer at Exxon. Oh, how many people can say that? That's weird. And around the same time, he got his first tiger in 1982. Took him a while to train it. But then he took this tiger to an Exxon conference once and everyone was like, can I get a photo with you and your tiger? Well, with your tiger, probably not with Doc himself. And he realised he could make a buck out of this. I'm sure his intense love of conservation came later, but basically he thought people want photos with tigers and he became animal handler to the stars. I was astounded at the number of uh, movies and things that he's provided animals for. Yeah, I saw that he did some work on the second Ace Ventura, which is such a bad movie, except for the one scene where he crawls out of a rhinoceros's asshole, or is it a is it a elephant? Doesn't matter. The point is, it's it's probably. I always got struck by how weird those little Hollywood cul-de-sacs are. It's such a big, strange industry that you can ferret your way into. Like the guy, ferret. Good joke. Thanks, Paul. No, that's where, that's oh, no. where I've got you on. 
No problem. Uh, yeah. The guy who f- flew the biplane at the at the start of Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, and he has the pet <laughs> snake in the plane, and he's that's just my pet snake, Reggie. Remember that guy who flies India yeah. away from the from, from the uh, the Amazon? So that guy was like a up like a wannabe actor. His acting career never took off, and then years later, Spielberg was shooting some film in like the swamps of whatever, and the production was screwed because they couldn't get out to avoid this storm. And then they got in touch with this local plane operator and it was the guy who, as it turns out, was an actual pilot. And so he'd kind of become this spec kind of worker for random productions to help fly <laughs> supplies around. And Stephen's like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? And then he kind of like rescued one of Stephen's later productions from being, you know, washed away. Um, there's so many strange, like weird little avenues and alleyways in the, in the film industry. I can yeah. see how someone like Doc Ansel could sort of you know, like finagle his way in because all you would need is a, is a lion and then suddenly a film that needs a lion just gets you on speed dial and all you need is one credit as well. All you need uh, is one credit and you're in. Apparently he was involved in um, The Jungle Book, uh, the 1994. Yeah, yeah, Mighty Joe Young and Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. But I, I do like how easy you make it sound. It's like all you need is a lion. Hey, But once you've got a lion, like what do you – like? Why not make some money out of it, right? Like once you've got a line, and then then of course you need a friend for that line, and then you need you know. Hey, fresh you just... meat doesn't buy itself. Yeah, you need kind of money, a, oh. and you can charge a lot. And he's 100%. doing music music videos for P Diddy, Ashanti, and Janet Jackson. But the Janet Jackson one where she's sitting on an elephant, I think that's yeah. Bubbles. Who had who? Okay, with Michael Jackson or Doc Antle, which of them had an animal called Bubbles first? I didn't look that up. Are you just? Is this just? You just want people to think about that question, or do you want to do you want a definitive answer? Um, well, let's let's make it official. If you know who named their animal Bubbles first, sell it podcast at gmail Right, that'll do it. <laughs> Doc, back to Doc. He earned enough money to buy a property in Myrtle Beach. Take me to your compound. And this is like fifty. 50 acres. Do you want to know a fact about Myrtle Beach? Oh, please, yes. In North Carolina? It's illegal to leave a vehicle unattended with its motor running in Myrtle Beach. What? No, <laughs> what? Sorry, why is it illegal? If you know why it's illegal, zealot podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Is it, is it because they're all like, uh, they're all scared that, what's that Stephen King film with the car? Is it Christine, the car that comes Christine. to life and to kill people? Yeah, so maybe it's what like if you see that? a car unattended and you, you're in a country with a, you know, um, open carry, people might shoot the car on the assumption that it's like an evil living car and it might charge at yeah. them. And that's like, I don't know. I, I, that's almost weird. certainly what, it. That's absolutely, yeah, you know what? That's it. Don't even email. Just, that's, also, that's I it. love. I, Christine's one of my favourite Stephen King books, and I haven't even read it. It's just him running out of ideas. It's just him going, I don't know, bad car. Car. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a book that closes itself really hard on your hands. Or yeah, I think I would like dog. to see Stephen King. I'd like to see Stephen King tackle. He has done bad dog. It's Cujo. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, sorry. I'd like <laughs> to see. Um, can you imagine him tackling period? like a Joe Exotic? Like a, do you say bad period? Oh, that's Carrie. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. doing it, you're doing it properly. Oh, this game's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, well, bad town, everything. Uh, bad yeah, shop? Bad shop? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, bad book? Uh, probably every like, fourth <laughs> book is written. Um, I, I mean, I, I would like to see him tackle the kind of big cat, creepy kind of park owner. Bad cat. I mean, Doc, 
yeah, bad cat. Um, so okay, so you this this guy bad facial hair, bad facial hair. Literally everyone in Tiger King. But do yeah. you have any? I mean, he's working for movies. He's got a huge tract of land. He's in the big cat business. At what point does this sort of turn? Because you sent me. Uh, from archive.org, so you kind of pulled his old recruitment page to join his um, How to Become an Apprentice at Tigers. Mm. Now, can you tell me what Tigers stands for? Because that's the name of his of – his, uh, I'll say uh, sanctuary is a very loose term. Um, I, can, I but, can tell you, Paul, it might start a new game. Because okay. <laughs> it's the Institute for – so I like that, first of all, the T the, in tigers the, is the. Yeah. The Institute for Greatly Endangered and Rare Species. That's Tigers. Like, no, it should be like, tigers, it's tigers. Great to see tigers. <laughs> Everywhere you look, tigers. Rawr! And then oh. super cats. You know, it's like I, acronyms are weak at the best of times, but he does. it does say here, yes, uh, tigers is also home to Bubbles, the African elephant, the only African elephant who has direct contact with the public in North America and apparently with Janet Jackson's backside. But, mm. I mean, this website is primo old school internet. It's the kind of website you would expect a big cat sanctuary to have. There's so much to unpack here. It, it's very, very um, – it's very bad. But the it's paragraph, very bad. It's very bad, but the paragraph that really – sets off alarm bells to me and might segue neatly into why he might be a cult leader is mm. if you skim down into the and this is just for a this is to become an apprentice which is just like unpaid labor here we go an animal trainer is a professional athlete you must <laughs> that's the pot calling the kettle fat uh you must be able to you must be able to perform as one you should have good coordination stamina focus and grace you, and this is in bold. You must be within 20 pounds of your perfect athletic weight or working to get there. You must be able to perform a minimum of 10 push-ups, 5 pull-ups, 10 tri-dips, and run to a 12-minute mile. You should work out regularly. You'll be doing a lot of physical labor, lifting, carrying, scrubbing, sweeping, and shoveling. And then if you scroll down a little bit, you should not be squeamish. You'll be spending most of your time cleaning, including feces and raw meat. I feel like what, what this is, is he's basically giving... And then he goes ahead and employs predominantly uh, women. And when you combine this sort of harem style approach to uh, employment uh, and you are forcing people to change their physical appearance and you are sort of breaking them down and building them back up into rabbit quotes, better versions of themselves. How does that not sound like a cult to you? Let's make a decision at the end, but there's, yeah, there's things for and against. Every new thing I read mm. uh, made me kind of swing from one to the other. I, actually, I shouldn't use the word swing when we're talking about Doc Antle because he just fits mm. that image so well. Uh, yeah. But And also, there is nothing wrong with polyamory. It's that Roald Dahl thing. It's like if, if someone's beautiful on the inside and happy and good, whatever. But if someone's evil, suddenly it's very easy to find that thing about themselves. And and I, I'm not shaming polyamory. I'm shaming, I'm shaming the... Shame the creep who took women and kind of, by all oh accounts, just destroyed them. I mean, the the fulcrum upon which episode two of Tiger King rests is I've forgotten the name of her, but one of his one of his kind of concubines, basically Barbara um, Fisher, is her name. Barbara Fisher, um, and he he called her accusations the ramblings of a crazy child who has a lot of, in my opinion, issues, and somehow those have boiled up. But she said that uh, he coerced her into getting breast implants, and you can see the photos of this young. I think she may have been a teenager when she rocked. No, she was tw- uh, 
how old was she? She's nineteen, I think. Nineteen, okay. And then there was this photo. There's this basically a photo album, unless I'm uh, Mandelaing myself into remembering this, but where you see you see before and after photos of these women when they get there, they are young, they are emotionally pliant. This is something not many people know about me, but um, when I was 15 years old, I was basically coerced into becoming an evangelical Christian for a full year. And I was um, a, I was a, an evangelical Christian for a bit. It's difficult, isn't it? It's because you you basically, I mean, for me, it was like, look, the girl I liked was in this youth group. And if I wanted to talk to the girl, I had to go to these meetings and they were feeding me pizza. And I was a lonely, sad kid without social skills. And suddenly it's like every Sunday I'm sitting there and they started just kind of spoon feeding me ideology. And about nine months later, I was standing on the stage talking to Geraldine Duke at this evangelical conference in front of like 700 people uh, on, on the Gold Coast. And we're all wearing these, like, I had uh, like, crucifixes and i had like all this jewelry they'd made me and we're all singing every night and oh you got jewelry i got jewelry but it was like it was like they the whole thing was really intense and really stressful and i would have done anything at that point to stay part of the group i don't know if i would have gotten breast implants i mean you know maybe under the right circumstances but i certainly do look back on that period of my life and roll my eyes but i I wasn't a woman being preyed upon by um Like, Paul, Jesus you know, wants you to get breast implants. All right, done. Can I just get like Good. one big one in the middle, just like a cyclops? Yes. <laughs> yes. Great. Although your T-shirt will look a bit funny. My favourite part of the application form for apprentice mm-hmm. for an apprenticeship, it's just because of the language. It gets a bit lost and it says, oh, I've got two favourite bits. First bit's a bit longer. And it says, in the first few years of training, you will learn more by doing your chores and observing the animal language, watching how they interact with each other, their gaze, the fall of their feet, the turn of their heads, the force, the sound, the smell of their breath, the curl of the lip, the swish of the tail. All of these observances are the real teacher. If you consume yourself with worldly activities of persons, places and things, you will miss these lessons. And I'll get back to that bit in a sec. But my other favourite bit is just one sentence, which is, do not expect to become fluent in tigerese half as fast as you would Chinese. What the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) Um, I mean, this is this thing is like, it's, I highly recommend people go and look this up. You've brought up an archived version of this, but there's a great sentence here. And this is alarm bells. Just I'll alarm put this bells. up on the Facebook page as well. Yeah, absolutely. So now the apprenticeship program is a minimum two-year program where you will be living and working at the Tigers Preserve in Myrtle Beach. Uh, And there's there's two different Tiger Preserves at this point. You should expect that your physical location is not permanent and can be changed at any time. You must be able to dedicate this time without expectation of days off or vacation, including family weddings, graduations, and religious holidays. So what he's saying is your mind like this is a this is a yep. uh, you you are property you have to cut yourself off from the outside world uh and i think there's a real culture uh and you can't spell cult without culture no culture hey. without cult it doesn't matter but the whole, the whole problem here is that, that one of the one of the things they do at cults as you very well know is is you know, breaking someone down, building them back up, and isolating them from an ideology that contradicts the the bubble ideology that you are presenting them with. Yeah, it's and- like tell if you if you limit the amount of information or influence, then they 
they will only have one source of what's true and right and good and so that becomes their entire world and that's the see I am mostly on the side of not a cult with Doc really Angel. really how but then little you read little sentences like if you consume yourself with worldly activities of persons places and things you will miss these lessons that's almost hiding in plain sight it's like the outside world is now irrelevant to you in fact, it's it there. detrimental it's the to your education. Now, this is why it's interesting because most cults don't monetize people coming through and goggling at the cult. I mean, you are effectively an employee at a place that makes the money for the cult leader and you have, you're, inter- you're interacting with normies every day, right? You are presented with examples of non-cult members every day, which gives you a degree of exposure to the outside world that, you know, like uh, some cults don't get. But this goes on to say this is not a job, it is a life. You must be able to commit to working 365 days a year, sometimes for very long hours with no days off for the first couple of years. Now, are you honestly telling me that if you work with a cult for two years with no days off and no exposure to uh, any other kind of people or ideologies that you're not going to become kind of... Indoctrinated. 100%. Uh, Indoctrinated. Uh, Hey, that's where it comes from. I think that's legally admissible. But I mean, this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the thing the thing that happens here is basically he is using the um the allure of animals as an excuse to i mean there's a guilt associated there like right like if you're not doing your job right the animals get sick the animals die do you think he ever used because one of the main things that they aim at doc Antle as a you know as a, as a criticism is that he euthanizes apparently euthanizes cubs if they have health problems rather than going to the effort of actually fixing their health problems and curing them and taking care of them he just offs them and this is that something that is, he is we'll we'll state that that is a rumor but also it's a the law changed mm-hmm. in the US so that you can't have people having photos with or handling cubs that are older than i think 8 or 10 weeks old anyway it's very young so then you've got then basically after that point you can't make any money out of them and they're just eating machines and even though there's been no no proof of of euthanizing or anything there's this trade in adult tigers across the u.s that is just bizarre i'm fast i was so fascinated by the apprenticeship where you don't get a single day off all year that i looked up the north carolina labor laws and God, the US sometimes, it just surprises me. There is no requirement for employers in North Carolina and quite a few other states to give, they're not obligated to give their employees leave, paid or unpaid, for almost any reason. Death in the family, Christmas, (laughs) like I think sick leave, for any reason. It's because I thought I was going to catch him out there, but nope. No. Um, <laughs> the I, only I, thing I think <laughs> is the pay because they're given a, a stipend. Oh, I'll, mm. I'll read a bit from this 2015 Rolling Stone article because it's great. Sure, sure. But it says, all of Tiger's staff members must complete an intensive apprenticeship. No formal education is required, but recruits must be single and childless. They cannot expect time off for any reason. They, there's the push-ups, pull-ups, 12-minute mile thing. Must be vegetarian, can't smoke or drink. They must have watched The Devil Wears Prada and Kill Bill Volume 2 
to get an idea of what kind of ruthless tutelage to expect. What and the they fuck? must submit a photo. What the f- How did I miss that? I think that's in the extra information you get when you oh, actually okay. ask for it. But it right. says in, re- in return they're provided room and board, access to internet and cable and a stipend. And I think it's 100 or $200 a week. That can't be allowed. Cause... No, that's, that's meth money. I mean, that's, that's really, yeah. that's not much. But I mean, so he thinks he's a fusion of Bill from Kill Bill and basically Anna no, I Wintour. Think of the, uh, the Kung Fu master. Oh, you think he's, um, what's his f- What's his face? Fucking names. Anyway, uh, the master. So it's Gordon Liu um, oh. who plays Pai Mei uh, in Kill Bill. So you're saying it's more like a running up and down the hill with buckets of water on your shoulders sort of thing, which is... Um... I think so. Yeah, okay, okay. All right. Well, it's stressful. Uh, I worked at... So minimum wage in North Carolina is seven twenty-five an hour. Mm-hmm. These guys, by all reports, including in Tiger King, work from 8 a.m. to midnight seven days a week. So they should be paid $812 a week. I don't know if they are. I mean, the problem with America, (laughs) the problem. It might be an exception for apprentices or something, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, it's a single problem uh, with America. It's like they're freedom fundamentalists, right? And the uh, the problem with it's any country that has tipping as its main form of income for employees. It's like, why is the onus on, and this crowdfunding bullshit, the onus, it seems to be on the people who have less money to stump up and, cover people i think when it comes to of all the countries for someone like doc Antle to thrive in of course it's america because and of course it's you know where he has these parks but i mean that hasn't stopped you know the usda kind of attacking him i mean he's got he's got like a 20-year history apparently of usda and or state agency investigations and or violations including here we go hitting tigers injuries transporting animals without proper health tests and papers and containing them in areas that were too small unclean unsound and or inadequate and there's a chronology of violations on this website um he's been accused of so there's only certain ages in which you're allowed to or meant to legally handle tigers and i think it's like eight to ten weeks is when it's safe and he's got like regular reports of three-week-old kind of cubs being photographed with um there's tigers that just like go missing uh, in 1991, one of his lions, who was posing with a female model, bit her head, resulting in 50 stitches and a $75,000 civil suit judgment against him. I mean, is this the? And, and then tigers like escaped. Apparently, in 2010, one of his tigers escaped. Um, I don't think anyone got 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 attacked. But I think at this point, why would young women sign up on this website and actually join him? Like, what kind of a person actually signs up and agrees to work with someone like this? That's an excellent question. I think, wait, did Carol Baskin write that website? But (laughs) it's, I can completely understand the lure of working with pussycats. Like this is, and they do say that it's hypnotic and critics, critics they talk to on Tiger King say that it's, the cats are the lure and once you become addicted to working with them, you will put up with all that sort of stuff and whether or mm. not there's dodgy practices going on. And it, like, oh, God, can you imagine running a park full of that many wild animals? Whether or not there's dodgy practices going on, it would be a horrible job except for the opportunity to cuddle puss cats. Um, um, you, by the way, you just said was that Carabaskin's website. 
Yeah, I may have sort of accidentally been citing Carol Baskin's fucking website. This <laughs> this world of these people are so fucking twisted. Because the thing is, is that I mean, it, like she she can't be making stuff up whole cloth, can she? Like some of it's got to be true. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I like to be careful. <laughs> I mean, no, no. Here we go. Okay, so there are other sources. Yes, the U.S. Department of Agriculture cited Ansel for numerous violations, including failing to provide tigers a secure enclosure. According to Myrtle Beach Online, the zoo's been raided. Um, relating oh, yeah. investigation regarding cubs. Um, They've conducted I mean, this... multiple investigations into the park. I'm not saying those things are true. I'm saying that the USDA and PETA have actually, and don't get me started on PETA, but these groups have, mm. have investigated. So Definitely. Yeah. And it, yeah. the park makes about, he reckons in a, in a good year, it makes about $3 million, yeah. which is, oh, that's the, I can't believe what it costs to get a photo. This isn't whether or not they're a cult. It's just like, Jesus, a three-hour tour, apart from Ask Gilligan being quite dangerous, mm. it ranges from 339 to 499 per person. So you're paying up to about 500 bucks for this. But the, then there's add-ons, so there's lots of animal encounter options. The most expensive one is swimming with tiger cubs and bubbles, and it costs $12,000. That's insane. <sighs> That's a lot of it's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, apparently the park's closed right now because of COVID. I mean, I would love to see what a cult leader does when the cult compound is closed. But when the cult compound is effectively a business that requires people coming through and paying for tickets, it's not like a like an old school cult where you're living in the hills and it's you know Manson asking you living off fucking hessian and you know like fumes. This guy he needs that money to fuel his lifestyle. Like, what is what is this cult-ish man doing right now and what is this COVID thing doing to his lifestyle? Good question. I'm also looking forward to a lot of the post-COVID, I mean, all of the conspiracy theories and that sort of thing. It would be relatively easy right now to Mm. convince a bunch of people, (coughs) Pete Evans, (coughs) to go and live (laughs) off-grid and, you know, start little communities separate, completely cut off from everyone. It's going to be an interesting couple of years coming up. But, yeah, but, I mean, Doc Antle is on TikTok apparently. I mean, this is a guy who has really used the <laughs> social exposure. Media. Yeah, social media to kind of, you know, I don't know if it brings in new followers. I would love to find out if anyone saw him online, saw his TikTok videos, saw him flossing and went, you know what, I'm going to go join his cult. Like, I don't know if that's a thing people have done. But, I, I mean, it's it would be really interesting to go, okay, how has social media allowed cults to recruit and to bring in new members that they couldn't do before? Oh, there's quite a few I think there's a vice article about that as well and uh it's made me look at a couple of them and I've done a few episodes but it's it's a completely new world from an article on all that's interesting it says Antle employs an all-female staff workers who which isn't true he does have some male staff but they're the the a lot of the public-facing people are female, Mm. workers who were reportedly won over by either the tiger cubs or Antle's insistence that he is a master Eastern mystic. (laughs) Dude, it was the tiger cubs. Like, no question. And he calls them a great big cohesive family unit. This is, while there are a lot of culty things, so there's Mm. separating the members from any life outside the world, that he gets them to change their names, which is really yes, the end of your old weird. person. So 
Liz China, who was, I think, Michelle, Rajani, who was Renee, and Moksha. I can't remember what her name was. And Moksha says she considers herself a stay-at-home mom, which is a great way of saying I never leave. And, oh, her real name's Meredith, but she's also known as Monkey Mama. And the ex, the ex-apprentice, shall we call her, Barbara, was called Barla there. So there's that. There's, it's his way or the highway. He's the charismatic leader. He mm. has the entire origin story and his word is law. There's allegations that there's almost a sexual initiation, but, you know, the guy, the guy likes to fuck, basically. So it's sort of, it sounds like it's cult-ish. Right, like it's yeah. cult, it's cult adjacent. I mean, it's got cultish qualities. I here's the thing: it feels like I would like to get more accounts of people who have left. Yes, because um, once you get, if there was a big, you know, you get Leah Romini talking about Scientology, but everyone already sort of suspected. We didn't know that quite. No, many of us didn't know the depths uh, of yeah. how weird, weird it gets to actually leave Scientology. This is one guy. He doesn't have the pull, but I feel like, you know what, if you're horny and weird and you're a redneck and you like tigers and you don't, you just, you know what, I'll just do what I got to do to get, play with some cats and get paid minimum wage. I mean, it's not, I mean, it still sounds like a better internship than most journalism internships, but I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, is it a cult? I guess that might depend on how you feel if you've survived it. Like the woman on the documentary Tiger King who talked about making it out. I mean, if she wants to call it a cult, probably is to her. I mean, you know, whether or not. And maybe, you know what, maybe it's possible for cults to kind of become less culty and then become mainstream. Like at the at the beginning of Austin Powers where he, Dr. Evil travels forward in time and his, you know, number two has kind of turned the evil group into like a legitimate corporation. It, I think yeah. it might be possible for a cult to go straight. Um, yeah. The cult, the cult leader might still be harboring ideologies, but maybe it's like, you know, maybe the company itself is legit now. Maybe. Doc himself says in, a, in an Oxygen interview, he says, the cultiest thing about us is that I totally believe that yoga has helped me stay limber and strong and made my life a better thing. That's, a, I, that's not even a culty thing. No. I mean, but, uh, but one of my favourite disclaims, because he is very much, he owns and he's completely in charge of the narrative mm, and mm. The Rolling Stone article even said, for Doc Antle, there is no such thing as a valid critic of Doc Antle. So that's it. But I think they're missing, they're kind of missing an ideology. That's one of the main things that makes me go, yeah, it's not, there's not a belief system really. I mean, there isn't, there there might be one, that we don't see. It's possible mm. that they have sort of like a chanting circle and, a, and an in-house religion. You know, that they, they might have that behind closed doors. I mean, and the question is, did the woman who escaped the clutches of Doc Antle talk about anything like that? I don't know if she did. Mm. Um, you know, and it's also, you might need to kind of change your definitions of what a religion and what an ideology is because i mean a mission statement could be read that way if it's intense enough maybe true true and if yeah, yeah. If, 
they can't make being a cult leader illegal because then they'd have to arrest the Pope, that sort of thing. But yep. a lot of his disclaimers are quite funny because he wants to be totally in charge of the narrative. Mm. Um, and when they, when he was challenged in an interview about the fact that a lot of people said he had a certain number of wives, he said, uh, no, I referred to them as my girls. And he said, when I say my girl, it's a cowboy saying. It's not that these are my wives. I love that. I'm going to start excusing or denying things that I said by saying, no, 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 no. I meant that in the cowboy way. Just use the Doc Antle method. In yeah. only that part of your life, in no other parts of your life. <laughs> That's very important. Oh, it's been a really fun bit of research. I'm Okay, but I'm going to say not a cult but a horny guy who is look it it might not be a cult but it might be a little bit of indentured servitude yeah it's very american it feels extremely american mm. and much like every other like core problem that america is going through right now i feel like america kind of created this monster i feel like he he came to because the you know ecosystem um, of America allows someone like him to flourish. So of course, of course, there's dog adults everywhere in every industry and in every like in, everywhere all over the world. There's people like that all over the world. Yeah, if there were, you know, if there was no one like him and he was standing there alone, we'd probably be calling this a cult. But the fact is, it just seems like capitalism, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> capitalism with tits. Oh no, that's capitalism. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. Just capitalism. Spending a lot of time on their website has really driven it home that you can't put animal print on a website and make it look sophisticated. No, you can't. No, which is funny because when animals have it on, they look fine. When we have it on, we look like you can just smell the cocaine and the lobster. It's just, it's awful. Mmm, cocaine Mm. and lobster. That's a T-shirt. Yep, yep. All right, have we missed any random facts? Random, random, random. Facts. I'm talking random facts. I'm talking random facts about cults and that. Cults and that. That is the most perfect thing I've ever heard. We haven't missed anything important, mm-hmm. but there's. I was watching any video I could find, and there's one which follows Gloria Gaynor around the park. She's a visitor at the park. Beyonce has visited, and a whole but there's a celebrity page on the website, and most of them I haven't heard of. Yeah, it's like when you go to a fur joint for some delicious soup, and there's a photo of the proprietor shaking hands with like Mr. Gribble from Round the Twist, and it's yeah. a black and white glossy, and it's signed, and you're like, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame Mr. Gribble for this. I feel like anyone can wander into a restaurant, anyone can walk into a big cat park. The amount of times I've been somewhere and halfway through gone, this was a mistake. After what the a photo specific was example. <laughs> I just keep thinking about every time I walk into a restaurant in Melbourne and there's just a wall of photos of quasi-celebrities and the, it, the photo wall always stops around 1994. Yes. It, always, it never goes past that point. And I just find that interesting. So you know what? I'll give Beyonce a pass. Do you know those cameo things? So you can pay money and get a D and further back in the alphabet list celebrity to – record themselves on their phone giving your nan a birthday message. Oh, or cameo, yeah. You, are like. you, yeah. Are you saying Doc Antle does cameo? 
Doc Antle does cameo. Oh my Two, god! Two hundred and fifty bucks. You can get a message from him or his son Cody. Who the they fucking ego, the ego on this guy when members of Star Trek, the Star Trek cast, will sit there, or John Barrowman will sit there and talk for three minutes, just like yeah. beaming at you for like sixty, seventy bucks. I just find cameo so weird. I find it oh, of course. Of course, Doc Antle exists when you can fucking pay celebrities to disheartedly say hello into their iPhone at you for like money. It's yes. crazy. And he poo poos Tiger King, saying it was, you know, salacious and not really a documentary. It was all this stuff. But I watched a couple of these cameos of his, and he was like, hey, it's, it's Doc Antle from Myrtle Beach Safari and that crazy show, Tiger King. You know what? Cameo's the cult. I'll say it. Oh. Let's just call everything a cult. Yep. Yep. This podcast. Uh, he's also made his own. Well, it seems to have been made. Yeah, it is. Thank you so much. He's made, uh, well, it looks like he's made a follow-up documentary called Tiger Kingdom. Mm. Again, from the Rolling Stone article, which is a great read, and I'll put it on the Facebook page. Oh, Because he was originally famous before Tiger King for cute videos on the internet about unlikely animal friendships. I think he'd trained a bunch of animals. So he's interviewed and he says, what we've seen that really resonates is that connection where some kind of wildlife is getting along, Antle says. It translates back that, look, we can all get along. That orangutan loves that dog. Why can't it work in Palestine? <laughs> wow. Oh my god! If only I mean, that's art. That orangutan loves that dog. Why can't that work in Palestine? Is just it's beautiful, it's and it's so you know what? Beautiful. Maybe Doc's got a point. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry, I said that. No, like no. also that person likes that person. Why can't it work in Palestine? There's many, many examples. Just stupid. I mean, tomato and basil. Why can't that work in Palestine? <laughs> and my final random fact is. Doc Andrews written some children's picture books. I'll just list three of the titles. One is Bubbles, an elephant story. A second is Animal Pals, Lift the Flap. And my favourite is Soraya Swims, the true story of how an orangutan learned to swim. Okay, Nickelodeon just sounds like it's getting lazy at this point. (laughs) Anyway, what a dick. Just avoid them. Just give Anyone Cameo money to. One of his ex employees, her complaints about him, the ramblings of a crazy child. That's just not a nice guy. No. That's 100%. a dick. Paul, thank you. No I, problem. Look, I feel bad that I made you look at a, an overweight guy with a soul patch and a long grey <laughs> ponytail for that long, but there were also some animals for you to. 100%. And that's, but that's how he gets you. You know, he, that, that's how he gets you. So. I'm just I'm just going to avoid big big cat parks. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm trapped inside in Melbourne during COVID. I'm not going anywhere. But I'm certainly just I I just it's been so educational and really thank you for having me on to talk about this dreadful lech. I really appreciate oh, it. <laughs> dreadful lech. That's my specialty. And I think there's nothing else to say except some misquoted lyrics. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the cream of the fight. Join a cult. Don't join a cult. It's very important that you don't join a cult. If you think you might be joining a cult, don't. How's that for advice? That's yeah. fantastic. And my advice is to buy Paul's new book, Electric Blue. Whee!
it's quite good. You've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, a randomly generated sim. My co-host for this episode was Paul Verhoeven, who doesn't have a soul patch, but he does have a new book out called Electric Blue. Further reading and pictures of fluffy pusscats can be found on the Zealot Facebook page, and music is by the Everglades, an unfurling monsterily from the indoor plant of life. Meow.